Yeah, I've been with the team since I was wearing ankle socks, which is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you do not wear ankle socks anymore. No, I don't. <laughs> is there a story behind that? Can you can you explain? <laughs> it's all about fashion out here, baby. We're just trying to look good. <laughs> no. There's no, uh, there's no background. I just think I look better in higher socks. But I did recently get Nike ankle socks with ruffles on them that I wore to a Phoenix practice the other day. Um, might might make that my thing. We'll see. So you got something, but like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're a money-grabbing American. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm all sponsor. about the money. That's the only reason why I play Pro Ultimate is for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Raleigh Pro Ultimate Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mead, and we're here to connect you with the players and personalities of North Carolina semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee. Today, we have a returner to the pod, although she didn't remember that she was on the pod before, but that's no comment. Uh, please help us welcome back Miss Mary Rippey. Mary, how's it going? It's going so great. Thanks, Luke. No, it's funny because uh, Mary is such a, a personality here in the Triangle, and I've known her for a couple, like, really since I've been here. Um, uh, and played a bunch of like league and saw her at, at, at different stuff. But then like we, she came up to me after the last game and was like, Hey, can I be on the pod? And I thought, man, I guess I really haven't got Mary on yet. And then we both realized like yesterday that you have been on the pod. So, yes. um, <laughs> but, uh, at the same time, we have so much to talk about and we only have one regular season left in the game season. And you felt like the per perfect person to kind of recap it all and get into it. So, um, but I, although you've been on the pod before, it's it's been a little while, and last time you did it with Tyler, so I kind of want to give you your own space. So uh, let's start off where we always kind of do is, uh, for especially those who haven't listened to the first pod, uh, who is Mary Rippey? Who are you on, but especially off the field? Cool. Um, nice. I think I remember. <laughs> I answered this question really poorly last time, I think, but uh, um, I guess like starting with on the field, um, I'm typically a D-line player, D-line cutter. This year has been really cool, and then I got to play almost every single game starting on offense, which has been really fun and a really good growing opportunity, personally. Um, off the field, I'm a digital marketing specialist within paid search. Um, I think that's really fun. I basically get to uh, create a lot of like little puzzles and solve little puzzles every single day. Um, I really like climbing recreationally, though I haven't done it in a really long time. Um, I've been getting into HelloFresh, learning how to cook through meal prep services, which has been also very fun. Um, and yeah, just like hanging out with my cat and Saul <laughs> in Fuquay Verena has been the past two years. Yes. And that's Saul Yannick, who most of us know from Flyers. How long have y'all been dating now? Uh, four and a half years, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty short term. Who knows if it'll last much longer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of stuck with me, unfortunately. But how did y'all meet, if I can ask? Um, <laughs> we met. Uh, I think it was my second year on Phoenix, and we we're having this trivia fundraiser. Um, and I think he was at that time we just graduated college and was like ready to date again. Um, and I guess I looked his type, so uh, he asked me out, and then we hung out like two months later, and yeah. I love that it's not like what you thought. It's like, well, he said I looked like his type, so I guess we started dating. Well, no, I he definitely okay. I want to clarify. He definitely didn't say that. Um, I have picked up through the telling of the story throughout the years that like I definitely looked his type. Um, 
I was just interested in meeting new people at that point. So I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, this is great. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And then cooking. Okay. So is this like a new, do you, do you, have you always liked cooking or is this something you've discovered in the last couple of years or? No, no. Uh, I want to clarify. I'm a really bad cook. Um, and <laughs> um, I also don't really like cooking a ton, but uh, the only way to get myself to like eat like high quality food and make high quality food for myself is like apparently doing HelloFresh. I wish I was sponsored by them because then this is the point where you say like sign up, you know, use Mary's code for 20% off. Um, but no, but it's been really cool. Like actually, I don't know, getting to cook specific things because I've learned that when I cook, I literally just like heat ingredients up. Like I just cook ingredients on their own, like, you know, like meat and potatoes and stuff like that. But this is like, oh, like let's make a, let's make a sauce for this thing. I'm like, oh shoot. I guess, I guess that's how you make a sauce. (laughs) Yes. My wife taught me a long time ago that the actual secret is like overspice everything because we here in America underspice everything. And if you just throw away more spices than what it tells you to, you'd actually not every time, but like 90% of the time turns out better. So I, I can appreciate that though. I think my wife calls me a chemist, not a, (laughs) uh, a chef or an artist in the, in the kitchen. I've definitely like, please tell me exactly what to do and exactly how to put it in. And if you ask me to improvise, I'm going to probably freak out a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm getting better. We have a kid coming. And so I've taken on more of the cooking duties. Uh, so I've tried to spend some time. So does it like, so does it, do they send you, is it like once a week, do they actually send you the ingredients or is it, and is they it like, do. they tell you exactly what to do? How does it work? Yeah. <laughs> I love that I get to talk about HelloFresh because it really has been such a game changer for me. Um, no, they, they send you just the right, quote, just the right amount of ingredients for two portions. But if I'm being honest, it's like a portion and a half, like girls got to eat, you know, so they don't really have an athletes like type of HelloFresh thing going on. Um, but yeah, they send you, they always send you chives as well. I think it's just a filler ingredient because they're like, yeah, yes. it's probably not that expensive which is annoying, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, the last, one of the last things I made was like, um, like a Greek turkey bowl. Um, that was super good. Any of the rice bowls with sauces, super good. Made, um, uh, larb the other day. Basically it's the synonym to larb. Do you know what larb is? No. Larb is like, um, it's like a ground meat type of thing. I, I think it's Vietnamese. It's like a ground meat. And normally you put in like a lettuce wrap, and it has a very distinct um, sauce that goes with it, I think. At least to me, it's distinct. What culture um, is this from? I think it's Vietnamese, I think. Yeah. Um, sounds amazing. So it's a lettuce wrap, but it's, yeah. Yeah. But but I, I mixed the lettuce wrap and I just had it with rice. Um, so that was super good. Highly, highly recommend. I've heard Liam likes larb a lot. So shout out to Liam if uh, he's listening. No, and he'll be on the pod at some point shortly. Oh, nice. So I will ask him about larb. You should ask him about his larb story. <laughs> There's a larb. St- okay, I'm going to hold that. Okay, we're putting that on hold. Which day is your cook day? Is it Sunday or Saturday or? Uh, it's it's normally, well, I normally get the boxes on like Thursday and then I will just cook whenever I need to eat. <laughs> so they give you like different packages of the ingredients. And so like, maybe I'll make one today and stuff like that. So it's not a prep. It's not like you're prepping at all. And then it's like, they give you, but they give you the stuff. So you don't have to like worry about getting to a store and like, well, what am I going to cook this weekend? No, that's like half the paralysis by analysis of like, what am I going to and having to make a decision? Yeah. Okay. No, that's, yeah. that's okay. 
I, I don't, we don't have any sponsors yet for the pod, but maybe we'll <laughs> at least sponsored by Mary Rippey. So yeah. also one last thing that I learned and CBC taught me this is that you can literally cancel anytime and they can, they will give you the same like 65% off welcome discount every single time. So I cancel every two weeks and then I get a discount again. And thank you, CBC, for telling me that because it's been really great. Oh, I don't even know if we can put that on the pod. I feel like. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, well, someone you'll get this angry email like we heard on the Raleigh Pro Ultimate podcast. <laughs> you're talking about cheating the system and only paying. What percent, what percent discount? You said 65%. It's like 65% on the first box and free shipping. And then it goes back to like 20% on the second box and you don't really get a discount. But those two discounts for the first two boxes every single time, really good. Yeah, I can't imagine they, they planned it that way. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, can you give us your brief kind of, eh, maybe not brief, uh, your Frisbee history. So where did you find Ultimate? Um, what athletically did you do before that? Um, obviously, maybe a little rock climbing. And then uh, kind of like college pro, uh, I know you've been with the team for a while. So just like give us your like Frisbee history. Yeah. Um, so I was introduced to Frisbee in high school by Sadie Jazerski. <laughs> um, we went to the same high school uh, and she wanted to start a women's team my senior year. We did talk about this in the last, I remember this. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I was introduced to it. Um, and I, I went to college at NYU for two years. Um, and I just started to get into it, like actually going to practices a lot more the spring of my sophomore year. So went to transfer to UNC, um, was on a lecture for a year. And then I played on Pleiades for two years. Um, yeah, I think I was actually on Phoenix before I was on Pleiades, which kind of interesting but yeah um so I did that for college um played Phoenix I think this is going to be my fifth season maybe um and then I played Toro one year in between that as well as playing U24s for the mixed team one year uh in between that as well <laughs> so uh that's pretty much it with Radiance kind of like um scattered on top throughout some various years because did you play the 2018 year so the year where it was like they just played exhibition games against yes. uh nashville yeah yes yeah okay so you really have you've been with the team since its inception yeah i've been with the team since i was wearing ankle socks which is a long time ago <laughs> yeah because yeah, you do not wear ankle socks anymore no, i don't <laughs> is there a story behind that can you can you explain <laughs> it's all about fashion out here baby we're just trying to look good <laughs> no there's no, uh, there's no background. I just think I look better in higher socks. But I did recently get Nike ankle socks with ruffles on them that I wore to a Phoenix practice the other day. Um, might might make that my thing. We'll see. That sounds amazing. Like legitimately yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. But they're All comfortable. The like, in, but they're athletic. Yeah, they're they're Nike brand. They just got a little bit of flair on the top. <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> no and i have you ever played offense full-time before in it like college or anything uh i did on toro but that was only because i i was basically a little not a diva but i basically was like hey like i'm i would like to play for your team but i would like to play for your team playing offense and they were basically like yeah that's a good deal like we'll take it um so i actually did that and i did that for u24s which is very strange um so yeah i played offense and mixed um, and that was pretty much it. Got it. But this is your first time full time. So was, was that, and I, honestly, like 
this is where I, I want to be very careful because I'm personally like so interested in like the progressions of how practices and built, because as we've talked about like last, uh, last time on the second pod with Ginny, um, like this team is really different, right? Like it's such a, for the radiance, of course, um, you know, we've really had the same, not the exact same, but a pretty similar collection of characters um, as you can speak to like in 2019 and 2021 and really kind of through the team's history. And then this year, not that there's not still certain people who've been on the team like yourself, but like we definitely have some of our biggest players and some of the players that we kind of know and have seen the most on the field who are not on the team this year. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but with that, like, the team itself now is this beautiful collection of like young and old and longtime elite players and very new players because they're young, but also new players just to radiance because they haven't played pro in a while or played pro at all. Um, and so because of that, there's like this such it's it's really like a melting pot of all these different experiences. And so because of that, um, having the new coaching staff trying to figure out where to put people, I'm sure has been really interesting. So was I, this like, when the pro like when the season started or it's like when we started practices several months ago, was that like, I'm assuming you didn't push to be on offense, but was it just like you, like the players that they started to actually put offense you prepared well with, or was it something that they kind of experimented and had different pods of people? Like, can, what can you kind of share with like, what, what did that kind of formation of at least your line look like? Yeah. I, th I don't think I pushed for it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I did. Um, Cause I'm, I, I like to think I'm self-aware that I wouldn't push for that. But um, yeah, I think they were testing out different pods of people and different groups of people. And we do have a lot of really strong defenders this year. But we don't necessarily have a lot of people who have played together before, um, like as a group. And my understanding of it is that because like, yes, we have taught a structure, but it's really our practices have been more focused on building chemistry and like touching up on the structure per se uh, as like kind of tools almost um, to gain chemistry that it hasn't been like the biggest focus. So I think that the people who operate have previously operated in the same structure together and like just automatically play like that just probably tended to play better together. And like, I, I fall into that because I've been playing in the structure for, you know, as long as some of the other um, vets on, on the team. So I, I think that's probably probably why I, I was pulled over to defense in the Atlanta game. And then unfortunately, like Bridget's been been hurt. So she stopped playing. And then and then a spot opened up and I was like, let's go get to go back on offense. Um, but it's been really, really fun. I really like playing with all those players. And it's shocking to me because I've been on the team with like I've been on the team with like Ashley and Bridget for a really long time, like even on Pleiades with Bridget. And I just, and X, like an Alex too. And I just never, ever, ever play with them because we're on different lines. Um, so yeah, that's been like really cool and really fun to get to do. Um, it's really like the meeting of the minds kind of thing. Like I really like playing with players who, I don't know, I feel like are seeing the game in a similar way that I'm experiencing it. So that's been really cool. No, and it is interesting, right? Because I do think, on, on the pro scene and on the other spaces that I've seen you play, obviously you generally have played defense before now. Uh, and so like, that's where my brain goes to. Um, for those who don't know Mary's game, like Mary's first step is unbelievable. Like Mary can change direction. Uh, so maybe there might be other players in the league or on the team who can beat her in like a straightaway, but like 
Mary will destroy everyone. Like if we put out a control, like, so I think obviously th- those skills are super useful on defense because then when, when there's change in direction or whatever, like Mary just gets blocks out of nowhere for that. But obviously that's pretty handy on offense too, of being able to rip away from your person. So I don't, it's not like that won't fit well. And then we should probably, we talked about it last time. We should probably talk about the fact that you play ambidextrous and you throw backhands on both sides. So how I actually, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but like how, how long have you been throwing both hands like that? Yeah. Um, I started over COVID the like COVID lockdown period. So I think it was like maybe September of 2020 or something like that. Um, does that make sense? Is that the right time period? Yes. I want to say September. Because COVID shut everything down in March 2020. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I practiced throwing my right-handed flick a lot, and it was never getting any better. And in the wind, it was really, really bad. Um, and so kind of over that period, I was like a little fed up and frustrated. And like two of my friends in the pod I was in were kind of like, like, hey, I support you making this change and like, I'll help you basically. Um, and that was really, that was like Eric Taylor and Saul, who I would hope you would be supportive, but um, they're very like supportive of of trying something new and making the switch. And it was like pretty rough at first, but I'm really glad I did that. Have you thrown a flick on the field this season? Yes, um, I've thrown, well, have I? I throw them during warmups. <laughs> I haven't seen you throw a flick on the field. So no. I was just, I would have to have been in a away game that I didn't get like, and it would have been like, cause I would have watched, I've watched the videos, but I haven't like, so if I wasn't totally paying attention or whatever, but like, I haven't seen you throw a flick yet. So I was just curious if you remember one. I might not have actually thrown a flick on camera, um, which is really funny because I don't know. I feel like I, I throw it off the line, like in a, in a right hand flick force, like I use my flick to throw it off the line. And for like some other things as well, like I think it's just in the flow of the game. If my first option can be my backhand, like I'll normally take it. And if it's not, then that's okay. And I'll try to throw a flick, which is fine. Um, But recently, like in all the games I've played, like I haven't actually had to go to my next level throw. It's kind of just been like a, oh, the space is open, so I'll throw it. So. Well, that's where you want it, right? It's like for most players, it's the opposite where it's like your flick and your backhand are natural, but then you have a lefty backhand to like go Mm -hmm. to when like, oh, I need a quick and right. But for you, it's just the opposite, right? Where it's just like, oh, I like, I don't think about it. I throw backhands and then, oh, if I really need it, oh, I have a quick flick and I'm comfortable enough, especially in short ranges. Yeah. That's like a really good comparison. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, I still remember developing, I had wrist surgery. Oh gosh. The summer of 20. 16 and so i was stuck like this my arms in like a 50 degree angle for those who obviously can't see which is everybody because it's an audio podcast but you guys know what i mean um and so i had six weeks like this over the summer and so every day that summer i went out to a field near the little two like one bedroom apartment my wife and i had at the time and um would throw lefty backhands at a tree and threw a lefty scuba at a tree. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm actually more comfortable with my lefty scuba than I am certain other throws because I just threw it every day for six weeks. And it's the same thing of like, I wanted it to a point where I didn't have to think about it. Like, Oh, if I need a short throw, the lefty backhand is there. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the time, like all like ulti world and Evan Leppler talking about how like, wow, this rise of the left hand backhand, like was a thing. So you're just taking it back the other way where it's like, sure. Yeah. You're the, sure. you're the evolution of that, right? This is just like where the game's going. 
Yeah, I, I will say it has been really cool trying to figure out how to throw with three throws, you know, because you have two pivot foot still. So my thing is that, and also I, I want to be honest, I don't travel. I have spent so much, except for once in the game, which was really funny, um, where I had a huge travel and it's just like on a close-up cam and no one said anything, except for like David Allison, who like texted afterwards. But um, yeah, so I really try hard not to travel. Um and my whole thing, and I, I think anyone can do it, and I think it'll make the game even more, like, better and more nuanced, is, like, instead of pivoting, have a wide stance and swivel so that you can step out into any backhand at any time. Or you can step out into any, you know, like, kind of have any flick at any time. So if you hold it in both hands, wider stance, and you're swiveling your hips so that you can change the angles of your throws. And if you have all four throws, I don't know, that to me sounds pretty dangerous, but maybe... Maybe I'm just a little nerd out here. It also helps that your first step is stupid fast. So that once you're, <laughs> you're just like gone. So I, I that motivates you to, yeah, no, that's true. I'm going to do a theoretical question because I think this will be interesting for this year. So if you had to describe this 2023 radiance as an animal, what animal would you make it? I, again, there's so many different personalities and so many different, but like, it's, it's such a new thing. So I'm really curious because I think a lot of the answers from previous pods and previous years would not work this year. So what animal? Hmm. Is the twenty? I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but like a sand lizard, and I think it's. <laughs> I think the only reason is because there's like hype around the song "Sandstorm," um, that's like really popular on our team. Um, and also, I just imagine that like all these lizards running on the sand, running really fast, and being like a little bit hyper and being really excited to be there, just running on the sand. Like I kind of feel like that's our team. <laughs> The Raleigh Radiance, the Sand Lizards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was not what I was expecting, but. Yeah, me, I mean, me too. That's not what I thought I was going to say out of my mouth. <laughs> wow. You can't make this stuff up, friends. All right. <laughs> For those who haven't been following the season, we currently sit at four and one. Of course, we had our lovely, not so great game against the Philly Surge, which was also rain killed. So we knew the comeback was coming that game, but then the rain killed it. I don't, I was, I saved for the two hours, like for the rain delay. Cause I was like, we're going to come back in this game. We're oh going to come back God. in this game. Um, and uh, then, then we didn't get to come back. But um, other than that, we of course pretty much dominated every team or at least been up a good amount. Um, so we're sitting at four and one. We just clinched the South as well, um, which means we are going to championship weekend is my understanding. Is that the team's understanding? Like we just clinched it. That's my understanding. So, <laughs> all right. So unless the PUL pulls that under our, uh, the carpet under us, just because they want to get all three East teams in, which they're not going to be able to do. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh, we are going to championship weekend. So uh, just looking back at the regular season so far, uh, what has been your favorite regular season moment? I, uh, I know this is very specific um, and it probably lasted like four seconds, but um, I love playing with Caitlin um, a lot. Uh, we, we like played mini over court, like quarantine period together for the most part, actually she more played mini with the boys and I more watched, uh, but I just like, I feel like I've grown up through Frisbee with her a lot. Um, and she's such a smart player. Um, it's, it was like, it's a really fun moment moments getting to play with her around the goal line, because I feel really confident that like, if I pick it up in transition or she picks it up in transition, like she'll look for me or I'll look for her and it's an easy 
throw and I just feel like the chemistry is there and I just have so much trust in her as well and I think she's just so good you know and again like I'll say it again but like I she's just so intelligent as a player I I have really loved those individual moments of like having connections like on-field connections with her because it kind of validates like all these conversations we've had in the past about frisbee um yeah so I think those she's your your uh Matt Gooch oh Gooch Highness to yeah yourself. it's quite funny because I've said this before and I was like damn it am I just like reinventing the Saul Gooch I mean it's not to that level in any extent but but we had this I thought we had this one moment in our first game and I was like damn this must be what Saul and Matt felt like in like 2021 <laughs> yeah no and that's like if anyone asks like why haven't the, why are the Flyers one and two right now I'm going to tell them it's because Saul and Gooch haven't touched the field at the same time yet so <laughs> The, yeah. the full flyers animal is just not released until the, the bros are back. You know, yeah. like you have to have the bromance. It's the best yeah. married couple in the universe. So <laughs> um, this is, I also think, you know, as our model for the season for the AUDL specifically is like, obviously it's, it's not what the, the PUL is not there yet. And the fact that the PUL only plays six games, but even that, as you said, like the team has been very flowing about like allowing players to choose which away games they go to so that everyone feels like it's sustainable, right? Yeah. Like you want, everyone to play pro and club no one wants to like make anyone make a choice especially like most most we want everyone to be playing both Mm -hmm. and so if that's going to be happening then you need to be able to make the stuff sustainable and the area is so deep right like we have the players to do that and so it makes sense for like you know as long as we're putting the solid 20 on either team out for any given game like for us to do that so that players can arrive both at the end of the season, both physically healthy, but also like mentally healthy. Yeah. Like you don't be walking to champs weekend, like fried because you've been playing so much Frisbee. So yes. it's great that like all the UNC Pladies players have only played some of these games because they're not like, they're playing so much other Frisbee, yeah. you know? And then same thing with flyers. Like they have a, I mean, they have to really, that's like why ring didn't do great last year. Right. I feel like everyone I had talked to afterward was just like, we're so tired of burnt down on old so burned down. Same with, I mean, that was the same with Phoenix as well. Like, just so burned out even after the previous radiant season and a lot of things like unanswered you know so yeah hopefully this year is better for both teams no and i like i have full confidence because i also just think that like we learn right we're all we're all still coming out of covid we're all still and like the area is still so young right like there are older players but for the most part a lot of our players yourself a bunch of the people on on radiance but also on flyers are really just coming into their prime and yeah. so finding that again not just like physical balance of how much do i need to be playing but also like life balance of like yes. you know because that's we're not nba we're not a real pro and you know everyone has to find that balance so I, I like to me it's cool both for like knowing that we're making sustainable options so that we're arriving at championship weekend with the best 20 but also with 20 that are like stoked to rip everybody apart yeah you yeah. know um but then also like that like i i just i as a person who's done all these interviews i don't have no idea if i'll keep this on the pod but like as a person who's done all these interviews it always breaks my heart when people are just like yeah, i don't know what the pro thing it's okay because like obviously like i'm the biggest pro fan in the world of like i want to see you guys on camera like our area is so fun to watch play frisbee like i love watching saw play ultimate i love watching henry fisher play ultimate but he's not playing this year because you know i love like just like the the air and like let alone like the radiant this radiance team like watching you play and watching like bridget meisner is such a delight to watch play frisbee like like and the list goes on and so this is way bit longer of a soapbox than i intended but i i just like every time people are like oh i don't oh i don't like i just it's too much and i'm like well we need to figure out a way where it's not too much then because like 
it's the whole point is it's an exhibition circuit. You play one game a weekend. And even then, you know, sometimes not every weekend or let's make it. I, I just, anyway. All right. I'll get on the soapbox. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I think I'm, I'm definitely with you, especially about the idea that it's like an exhibition for the most part, like, and people think differently about this and that's totally fine. I think my perspective on it is that like the league came out for PUL at least as a way to showcase women's ultimate, right. And have people actually watch it um, and, and watch people be competitive, you know, watch highly competitive women. And if the, the structure of the season is making it so that players can't be as competitive as they want to be because of mental burnout or physical burnout, then like something needs to change there. Um, and so that's why I think like, the team this year has done a really good job keeping both of those goals in mind of staying competitive and also like making sure to like showcase the best team we have possible um, while meeting those two goals. So yeah, I basically, I'm just like totally aligned with what you said. <laughs> Cause it's so, and then like, it's so important. Like that's the whole point is like, we're showcasing the sport yeah. to like the community, like it's a community thing to me. It, I don't want to say it's selfish when people don't play. Cause that's not, that's not fair. That's not true necessarily, but like it is like when it's, it should be about like showing the community the best that we have and um, like inspire. And like, really goes back to kids, like inspiring kids, like making kids go like, Oh my God, I want to do that. And like, what a joy, like our sport can be. And, you know, I get even more fired up this, like the PUL obviously like as an organization, like has their ups and downs, but like everyone's going to have ups and downs. The AUDL has its ups and downs. Like, this is not going to be perfect. No one's going to be happy with everything. At some point you have to just kind of go is the best way for me to do the things I did not get expect to get this fire at eight 30 in the morning, but like, uh, like, like is, is the best thing, like, is the best thing for me is just to be not involved at all. Or is the best thing for me to like be there and help make it better and help like, all right. Anyway, uh, staying on this line though, do you have a biggest surprise from the season? I don't know if it could be like the PUL in general, it could be from this team. It could be from one of the games. Like what's the thing that's most surprised you so far this year? I mean, up until now, it's been, good God, DC is so good, and they've been killing everybody. And then they lost the New York gridlock. So suddenly that's, like, so interesting, and we're about yeah. to get into that. But, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I guess, like, I'm going to say as it relates to, like, my, my own team, I think it's not necessarily a surprise, but the biggest fun thing to observe uh, is seeing what happens when you – take out very strict structure um, and see where people, how people then choose to express themselves on the field. Like that's still happening right now. Um, I think I learned a lot about myself, honestly. Um, yeah, and it's interesting seeing people who I've only seen play in very strict structure so far, um, either lean more into it or yeah, choose different avenues to like express their talents on the field. Um, so that's been really interesting. Um, some, I think, you know, leaning towards the, hey, this isn't as useful as maybe it could be. You know, maybe we need to add a little more um, guidance, you know, or at least talk about um, not even priorities, but why we choose to move the way we do on the field. I think having everyone understand the why is really important to a team. Um, I think that's something that maybe we could do a little bit differently but all that like not considered yeah it's just interesting to see what happens like I'm the type of kid that when I grew up I would play video games just to like watch how the game would play and see what happened um and then like 
analyze it. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, and it's really fun. It's really interesting. You can you can learn a lot from watching or what is it? You can watch a lot from observing or something. There's a famous quote about that. I don't know this quote, but that's... Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> and if you if anyone wants more insight in this, of course, you can go back to the first uh, episode of the season and go listen to Coach Liz Leon talk about that, because I I was oh, definitely yeah. I dug into it a little bit because I was like, you're not from the triangle. The triangle has a lot of systems that have been put in place. You know, did you try and keep those up? Are you trying to do something different? Are you, and she was pretty much like, yeah, we have all our athletes and I would like to showcase them by allowing them to freeform what, you know? So I definitely think that's a philosophy this year. Obviously it's had mixed like reactions from different people, but if nothing else, especially given how eclectic the team is, um, as far as just like all the different backgrounds, I almost think that that's probably, it, if nothing else been welcoming, right? I think yes. as a yeah. person coming from out of the area and coming in and like going to flyers tryouts and being around the team, like it is like one of the biggest barriers because like the team has specific systems that have been ingrained in all these players for so long. It can yes. be very challenging for players to break into that system if they haven't been like bred to do it that way since they were young. And obviously there's an exception to this. Will Coffin like is not from this area and has broken in, um, but he's such an elite defender. Like it, duh. like there's other flyers players broken in, but I, I think it can be not a weakness of the area, but it's like a, a part of the thing. I'm just like, and so in some ways I do love that, that like there is that freeing to it, but I'm sure that also comes at times where it's like, Oh, like priorities are probably good though. Of Like, what is our, like, you never want to get in a position where you're on the field and you're like, wait, who's going where, when, how do, you know? So. Yeah. I, that's interesting that you bring that up because when I first moved to the triangle and was going, I, I just got lucky that I, I made the Phoenix team when like there's an exodus of players. So I just got lucky, honestly. And I, I have seen friends and other teammates go to tryouts who haven't been, especially men who haven't come up through the the system. Um, and the conversations I've had before is that like, I question if the players taken on those teams um, are actually, I guess like quote unquote better than the players who haven't been in the system. Um, but because they mix in and they mesh so well, like they just look better, you know, and like, maybe they are better. And like, it, it depends on what, what you define as better, right? If better is like the ability to immediately, you know, come onto the team and, and have an impact or that being said, not have a negative impact right away, then yeah, I think this is the right approach at the same time. I do see how this, like, it sucks for certain players and, and pardon me, it's just like really doesn't like that very much. Um, but I, I, I think there are, there has been a lot more consideration in the past few years across both teams, like men's and women's teams. I can't really speak to Toro very much. Um, at least in the club scene, I, and in radiance, you know, and the pro scene to like make that a little bit of a change, um, and be a little more welcoming in terms of the background of the players that they take. Um, and I appreciate that. And I, and I, I, I do think like it's gotten better. And I also think that, yeah, like it, it, it makes sense too, though. Like it's hard, like it, all these roster decisions are hard. So yeah. I digress. All right. So I've alluded to it a couple of times, but I really want your take on this. So the East division is really interesting right now. So um, in the, for the PUL, so obviously we've taken the South uh, Minnesota has already kind of clinched the, is it the North division, the other division Midwest. I think it's Mid Midwest. Yeah. Central, yeah. um, but the East Division is is currently a wild situation. So to break this down for for you and our audience, real quick, for those who haven't been following, so DC currently sits at the top at four and one. They have only lost they they have, up until now have been killing everyone, but they just lost the New York Gridlock by three. 
And so that puts them in four and one, but their final game is against us in DC. So they actually have a tougher game still coming um, there. I think, I think there's absolutely, especially when we put our, our full 20 could beat that team. Um, the surge, the Philly surge uh, are currently also sitting at four and one. Um, they have already lost to DC um, by a little bit. Um, and their but their only game left is against the Austin torch who are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. So they're kind of in pole position, but we'll see what the Austin, obviously they gave us a great game and we'll see what they could, what they can bring. Then just below them, you have the New York gridlock who said three and two. Uh, obviously they just beat DC, um, but they lost to Philly fairly comfortably. And then they lost to Minnesota by one point in Minnesota. Um, so uh, all with that at the, so for those who don't know, it's championship weekends, top four teams, again, the top to, the top team from each uh, division. And then they take the next team by algorithm, but it, it would have to be the, one of these, te- these three teams. And it's kind of sad that one of these teams won't be there, but so right now, who do you have as the two teams coming out of the East or who would you want to play? Um, I think it, I have DC and Philly. Um, I think that gridlock, you know, the three, two and all that. I don't know that, that to me, the differentials and everything doesn't read as strong as the other two teams. At the same time, I want to preface that I genuinely have not done any research into this. Um, it's just my own, like off the cuff perspective. Um, but yeah, I think the other two teams are stronger, maybe. Well, and we obviously think Philly's better because they beat us. So we, <laughs> yeah. and we wanted a revenge match against them. Yeah. I also have predicted Philly to win the whole championship. So for better or for worse. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Didn't take your own team. Okay. We- <laughs> well, I don't know. It's kind of fun to see like a newcomer come in here. Um, I'm, I'm rooting for them for sure. Maybe not, not more than I am my team, but if there is someone else to do it, I'm rooting for them. No, I get it. I'm a Nuggets fan right now, even though yeah. I'm a first <laughs> nice. man, but I can be a Nuggets fan for the NBA. Um, no, and it's, it's weird because like the gridlocks roster is incredible, but like, mm-hmm. and they have some of the best players in the world on it, except yeah. a bunch of them aren't able to play all the time. So it's, yeah. I think that's a, such a, like a potential team, but then they don't have lacked the consistency. I mean, they're, they're certainly not in pole position. Like it looks like, you know, that's where our game against DC is a big deal, which is our final mm-hmm. regular season com- game coming up in two weekends. Like, because if we beat DC, they drop the four and two. The surge likely would beat the Austin, put them at five and one. And then the gridlock also likely, I would think, we'll see if the torch can give them a game, but like probably we'll also be sitting four and two. So feels like if DC beats us, that that's punches their ticket to championship weekend, but they lose suddenly. I mean, the tiebreaker would be the grid. No, the gridlock just beat them. So I'm assuming unless yeah. it's algorithm based, oh, it would be algorithm based though. So maybe it doesn't matter. Because DCs just smash people. Well, that would be that's a shame because in some ways it feels like it kind of removes. I don't know. I, I have no idea. And I feel like it's kind of hard sometimes with the PL standings because not all that feels very transparent at times. Mm-hmm. Um ugh. but I, I'm that game is gonna be fire and I we're just gonna take it to him. So <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think we will have we'll have our full roster for the most part. Um so yeah, that should be a good game. That should be fun. And of course, championship weekends being played in DC this year. So mm-hmm. once, if they make it there, which is likely they'll also mm-hmm. have home court advantage, which is a oh, big sure. deal. Like that matters. Yeah. So yeah, that does matter. 
Like who, I didn't realize how much that mattered, not how much that mattered, but like having our first away game in Atlanta, I just forgot what it felt like to like drive all that time and then get on the field. My body felt so bad. I felt so bad the whole game. I was like, God damn it. Like, that's tough. I'm just old. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. A couple quick other ones. Uh, player that's most underrated on our Radiance team right now. Hannah Betcher. Yeah. Easy money. Okay. If you could play one WL opponent this year in like a special exhibition match, who would you want to play? Uh, Seattle. <laughs> no question. Just easy. Now they didn't, they were not undefeated this year, correct? I actually don't know. I, I have no idea. I just know that when I watch them play, I think I, I just really enjoy watching them play. Um, and I think that would be really fun because they are like, I wouldn't say they're super structured, but they definitely have organization to their offense um and they're you know pretty good defenders so i think that would be really fun uh if you could trade for one player in another franchise who would you trade for oh trade for one player in another who do you want to play with on this radiance team who do you want to i want to play with claire trope honestly (laughs) i don't know if i want to trade any of my teammates but i i would love to play with trope the only time i played with claire was at uh u24 tryouts and i remember her saying something like Cause I kept just cutting deep at one point. Cause like, that's what I, that was my strength. Um, and she said something like, like, okay, when I get the disc, like, like I'll, you know, just like go deep and I'll throw to you. And I was like, wow, this is a joy. <laughs> like, I love that. Um, yeah. And she's just really, really talented. Um, beans has been crushing it. Like, I feel like that's a cop out to say, I want to play with beans again, but, um, I think I'm thinking more offensively because defense feels a little bit like, unless you're, uh, more switch heavy the teams I've been on have been pretty hey stick to your assignment kind of type so I feel like I I get a lot more um personal c- uh, connection through playing offense with people so it would have to be honestly maybe trope on offense I'm not quite sure but yeah okay for a one this is not a, a permanent change but for a one game exhibition we're we're playing DC but we trade uh and mm-hmm. it's Claire for Claire so we have to, we give them Claire. Which B- Claire? Claire Bidigary Curtis. Oh, oh. They give us Claire Trope. Would you okay. make the trade or would you keep CBC? Um, well, I think I would have to say to make the trade just because it's fun. And it's only one game, right? Like, only one game. Season. I, I would be really sad to not play with CBC on the team anymore. So certainly not like a whole season thing. But like, honestly, give me any person to trade for a game. You, like, you could trade me, put me on the other team. And I think that would be like really interesting for a game. So kind of, yeah, I think I would always take that. This is why the PUL needs, sorry, I'll talk normally. This is why the PUL needs an all-star game. So yeah. badly. Mm-hmm. Because what a joy it would be to watch all of these badass women play together in the same way that like, mm-hmm. sure, the ADL all-star game was a little kind of blowouty and wasn't as fun this year, but like, what a fun thing to just like have all these badass men on the field and get to watch them just yeah. like, figure each other out so yeah that's how Uh, i feel all right last one of these your biggest hot take for the season is oh like saul saul has to be sitting and spewing hot takes so you have to have at least (laughs) no he's asleep it's it's still 8 (laughs) 15 um let's see what is my hot take like for the pul season you're saying my hot take for the pul yeah or it could be for the frisbee season if you have a take for club too I think my hot take is that you actually don't need to throw too many hard throws to be really successful as an offense. 
Like I, my hot take is that you should, honestly, here's my hot take. My hot take is that Revo is freaking onto something and you should move the disc within three, three seconds. So and that limits the amount of hard throws that you actually have to throw. So you're saying Hive Ultimate is right and we should all that's, be hex. That's what I'm gearing away from. But I, I'm all I'm saying is that whatever they're doing has certainly been working. Um, and that I found that like I really don't need to throw too many hard throws if I throw the first pair of open hands or if I throw it to someone within three seconds. And the fact that like I'm not the best thrower at all and I've thrown one turnover this season is like yeah, something's working there. So, yeah. What's wrong with Hex? What's wrong with Hex? You seem to have a uh Instagram. I think it's I think it's the whole background of the dude who created Hex like just yeah, I don't want to really support that um person, but when it comes to Revo, I like Revo. Um and I and I like the players on the team. Um and when we played them, they were clearly doing something really well. I also think that like a lot of the times when we were playing them and they weren't starting, like they weren't, I guess, in, in Hex, if they were playing Hex, I'm not quite sure, but the, sometimes they would start so close, their whole team to the line of scrimmage. And that was super effective. I My other hot take, and I don't think this is a hot take, is that in, I guess I'll talk to women's and, and not necessarily men's or mix, but in women's ultimate, I think, I think the game needs to start much more shallow. Like I think everyone across the board needs to start closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, to open up space, especially when we're in a side or a bird stack. Um, and I think there have been moments playing Revo where they've done that so well that it, it just, that's how you should, that's that's what happens when you, when you are intelligent about your spacing, I think. Um, in certain moments, again, like they play their own style of game, but when they have played a more like, I guess, US type of big space style, like, yeah, it looks really good. Um, they are interesting, right? Because you do kind of see them not alternate yeah. at all, but like every once in a while they throw out a more traditional looking yes. offense, which always mm-hmm. like, it feels weird. Like, <laughs> It just reminds you that like, oh, wow. If, if they played the exact same structure as us, they would still be like, they would also be extremely effective. Like, I think their players across the board are really, really intelligent players one-on-one. Um, so I think part of it is like, the structure and the leadership and the coaching. And the other part is that they have players who are player leaders on the team as well. Um, yeah, we're just really smart. I, I value I value intelligence in players more so than I value skills. So maybe that's my other hot take. No, that is a hot take, but it's yeah, <laughs> it's just values. It's just values. Right. <laughs> it's just values. Uh, how badly do we need a PULWL Revo Championship like Ooh. exhibition weekend with the three teams where they all play each other once? We need that badly. <laughs> I think that'd be so fun. Like we I talk about, like talk about, like the epit- like the the pinnacle of like exhibition pro women's yeah. ultimate. Like that would be so fun. Yeah, I would love. And that. then you do an all star weekend. Well, you do all star game along with that with every player who's not on one of those three teams too. So you also have like a built in audience of like all these players who want. Ugh. Oh, money! If only money were not a factor. All right, <laughs> I could talk to you all day, Mary, and I have a bajillion other things, but I do. No, uh, you have other places to be, including practice. And then, of course, we have a Flyers game coming up today. So although that game will be over by the time this pod goes anyway, uh, but we wouldn't do the, the this wouldn't be the Raleigh Pro Ultimate podcast without a little bit of give and go. But I know you're no uh, not only on, but also off the field, stranger to give and go. So, Mary, are you ready for some podcast give and go? Woohoo, let's do it. OK, 
And some of these you've answered before, but uh, some of them you haven't. So we'll just retread as we go. So we'll start where we always start. Bidding under D to get the turn or huge sky up win for the score? Um, sky up win because I don't really sky up win. But this wow. year. Wow. Wow. This year. I have hops this year, dude. This year I'm going to be skying people. And in r- ruffled socks. That's cool. And in ruffled socks. Yeah. <laughs> Definition of a great teammate. I think someone who's very self-aware. The toughest question ever for you, flick or backhand? <laughs> uh, I'll say the same thing I said last time, bilateral backhands. Bilateral, baby. We need to get that on a t-shirt for you to wear. Come <laughs> yeah, Bilateral yeah. backhands. Scuba or hammer? Oh, neither. I can't throw either. Um, <laughs> scuba, I guess. Scuba, because I'll throw, I said this last time, I throw little scubas in line, in like a warm-up line to people, so. Your favorite fan reaction of a game? Um, I guess I didn't hear it per se, but someone was <laughs> telling me that Austin Von Alton at one point was just trying to get like Caitlin's attention or someone else's attention at some point was just saying, look at me, like in the stands. And, and <laughs> that's really funny to me. So maybe that. <laughs> Pure community there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Favorite TV show? Um, Right now I'm watching Glee. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, fantastic. It's definitely on our list that rotates in the house. Nice. So, uh, the ET question, what is the most number of eggs you've eaten in one sitting? Five? Scrambled, probably? <laughs> I feel like that's a good answer. I feel like I've only ever had four, probably. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a big egg girl. I'll say it. Yeah. Favorite cereal? Saul buys, like, ten boxes of a time at a time of this, like, uh, yeah, because it's always on sale. It's, like, oat crunch cereal and now my taste is i love it now it's great that (laughs) oat crunch cereal yeah it sounds really generic right uh it's like oat clusters honey crunch that's gluten-free and it's really good that does sound good right now but that's also because i haven't had breakfast yet uh who inspires you Uh, um actually oh okay well i'll just talk about frisbee but i really like going back and watching really old games and I really like going back and watching games that I've already watched multiple times because every time I go back and watch a game it's like I'm reading the story again and I'm picking up on all the nuances and and the details of why things happened so I've been I've been going back and watching there there isn't too much world's footage from I think it was like 2016 um but watching Sarah Griffith and um Leanne Hoffman play on those teams like they're my they're my size for the most part and I really respect the way both of them play. They play in different ways, but I respect what they both do kind of as fill cutters, I would say, on those teams. Um, and then um, uh, watching Buzz Bullets, Matsuno, like, yeah, I, uh, man, I I love watching him play. He's so intelligent. He's so fast. Um, yeah, he's my favorite player. And I've watched a few of his games, like a few times, and I would love to be able to embody that you know in any game i play that is beautiful <laughs> your favorite holiday is halloween <laughs> pancakes or waffles uh oh, pancakes very decisive favorite <laughs> offense to run uh host stack uh, but a host stack where it's not for a cross on the field it's like motion host stack the most triangle answer ever that's awesome <laughs> Favorite defense? Uh, one-on-one flick. Yeah. If I'm talking about the way I feel playing it, I like that. 
Yeah. You know what to expect. Most satisfying when you've had an ultimate. Oh yeah. Richmond cup, baby. That finals game, even that semis game, like Grayson had this massive bid. I think I lost my mind that game. Like that was, that was the first tournament. And I know this is so silly because it's basically like a, not a party tournament, but basically it is. But I don't think I've ever felt more invested in in winning than I did in that tournament. And ever since then, I've been like, oh, I know how that feels. I know how that feels. So bringing some of that attitude sometimes to big games is like nice for me. So it was, yeah. so is the money, Mary, you're motivated. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm purely money motivated. Tell the but, world. So, the, well, for those who don't know, it's like Richmond Cup was one of the first tournaments coming out of COVID that was done. Um, so I'm sure it also had a huge investment in that way of like, we're like here and we're competing and we're not playing freaking mini or quarantine, mm-hmm. whatever the crap we had to do for a year and a half, um, which was better than nothing, but it was, oh my God. So first tournament out of COVID and uh, you would you played with Toro and you would have had a huge, there was, there was a pretty significant grand prize. I mean, it was what, do you remember? Like, I mean, uh, it was 10K for 10K. the whole course, I yeah. think. Did they split it among the team or did they just use it for they so they gave so they saved some for Toro and then they split it amongst all the players. Um so yeah. So you got something, but like yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're a money grabbing American. Oh yeah. I'm all about the money. That's the only reason why I play pro ultimate is for the money. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Favorite post game uh, or post tournament meal. Thai food. I think every single person on this podcast has said that, but I'll say Thai food. We've got to get a Thai sponsor. I'm, I just can't. Yeah. Every time I do these interviews, it's like we have to have a radiant sponsor for, for Thai food. Well, I'm legitimately going to work on this. Okay. Uh, favorite movie franchise? Ooh, movie franchise? Harry Potter, maybe? Not not the wrong answer at any level. <laughs> You're dropping ultimate. What do you spend your time doing? Maybe pickleball and mm. climbing a lot more. And traveling, I think I would travel a lot more. Um, maybe I would try to get into like sprint racing somehow. I don't know. That that would be really, really fun. Because I do like training. Like I genuinely really like the workouts. So I think I would do that still. But yeah, I think I think maybe those. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? Charmander. The best answer. Thank you, finally. Yeah. Go to Spike on a big score. Go to Spike on a big score. Uh, I don't know. I think I've been doing this like basketball flip kind of thing these days. Yeah, probably, probably a little basketball thing. And then just like a, the let's go <laughs> kind of like hyper spots. Oh, that's my response great. to everything. So that's, that's great. But yeah. My response to everything exciting is let's go. And that feels extremely dorky, but uh, no, we're here for it. <laughs> hey, I'm a high school band director. My kids said a right note. Let's go. I mean, let's just, go. Nice. The kids and like a bunch of them are not athletes. They're like, why are you doing that? Mr. You're like, you just don't get it. Or the weird clap. Like I like do the, like when I'm like hyped about something, like, I start doing the clap where you just like yeah. start clapping. You're like, yes, yes, yes. And again, like a bunch of my kids are not like they're nerds and they're not athletes at all. And they're not nerd athletes like I am. So they're just like, what are you doing? And yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, I'll learn someday. Best pregame tune to get you in the right headspace. Okay. I'm a psycho and I don't need music. Um, So honestly, I think like just being in my head, gets me gets me going so no tunes no tunes is the pre-game tune no that's great uh and then finally we have a, a brand new 
coaching staff between uh, Liz and player and Bridget. So my question for you, if we were to put the three of them in a wrestling match, who would win? Ooh, interesting. Not player. <laughs> Sorry, player. Not player. Too Not many player. Limbs. The biggest one by far. Too many limbs. Too long. Not maybe too many, but he only has They'd go for the shins and he'd be crying on the floor. Yeah, you know, you long limbs. And so then it's, it's Brid- Bridget versus Liz. And, huh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Bridget. Honestly, she was one of my captains, like the first year I played on Pleiades. Um, And there's something about her as a captain that makes me think that she could take down anyone um, in a wrestling match. So I'll go Bridget. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Last thing, we always want to end with a shout out for a chance for you to kind of shout out someone, whether it's a Frisbee or non-Frisbee, whatever you want to shout out on the pod. So Mary, who is your shout out for your second time around on the Raleigh Pearlton podcast? Okay. I want to shout out overtime athletes. Um, I've been working with them on training things for about a few months and I've loved it a lot. And they produce a lot of free materials online. And before I was with them, I had like done some of their free stuff before highly recommend it. Like genuinely has changed the way I feel playing. Um, yeah. Overtime athletes on YouTube or Instagram. Check it out. I don't know anything about, so can you give a quick, can, you're just going to do ad reads for the top and <laughs> yeah. So give us your ad read. Can you like explain a little more? Yeah. About what? So overtime athletes has started by this guy, Chris Barnard. He himself was a college athlete, but not the best college athlete at all. Um, and he works with some professional NFL players as well as like an NBA player and then some like major league players as well um but with this idea that it's always to work with the underdogs who are willing to put in all the work um and kind of help build them up but his methodology is really intelligent yeah his training is really smart and it's not necessarily ultimate specific but it's the guy that i'm working with has made it ultimate like enough ultimate specific that it translates really really well but anyway his story is really interesting the videos that he makes has all these professionals athletes in it doing the same stuff that I'm like asked to do basically. Um, and it's really cool. It's like all the free stuff is really, really cool. And it works. It absolutely works. So I, I just love his content. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out. So, yeah. How did you find this? Um, I don't know. I think it was just recommended to me on Instagram, like four years ago or something. And so I started watching his videos and yeah. I guess that's the marketing funnel, isn't it? <laughs> that, I mean, that's, yeah. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. That's great. So, <laughs> all right. And uh, my shout out is for my wife, who's currently in the third trimester of pregnancy. And uh, the second trimester was great. And uh, the third trimester is not great. And any person who is a mother or has been married to a person who's a mother can attest that their trimester sucks. So um, we've got two more months. I think my baby's first outing will likely be the last regular season Flyers game. So that'll be super fun. Um, Yes, Kenzie Denardis, I do expect to get a free Flyers onesie. Thank you very much. I've seen them at every game. But uh, yeah, my shout outs for her for carrying our child and uh, third trimester sucks, but we're going to make it. So. Okay. all right uh it really is thank you yeah so uh hope ever see everyone our next flyers game uh kind of our next in in town thing of course is uh against the houston havoc um coming up this friday friday may 26th at 7 p.m of course in durham county memorial stadium so hope to see everyone at that that is a brand new franchise um and so it'll be fun to see kind of brand new players to the audl and brand new logos and stuff on our field 
Of course, our next Radiance game uh, is not, we're done with home games for the season, but our our next Radiance game is the away game at D.C. Um, on Saturday, June 3rd at 6 o'clock. So if you can't get out to D.C. that day, although I'm thinking about driving up, we'll see. Uh, if you can't make it out in person, definitely be watching all the streams uh, posted by the PUL um, and everything, as always, at pre- PremierUltimateLeague.com. Um, and then shortly after that, again, we've locked in our spot. So we'll be back in D.C. two weekends later for PUL Championship Weekend, Saturday, Sunday, June 17th and the 18th. So if you don't want to make the trip up to D.C. on the 3rd, you definitely will want to be looking at making the trip up on the 17th, 18th. Um, it should be an absolutely electric weekend, and we definitely feel like we have a chance at the chip. So... Um, anyway, thank you again, Mary, for your time. And uh, we're excited to see you guys finish out the season. Thanks for having me. This is really fun.